Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to AFL Nation. The moment arrives. Elliot kicks the goal. Collingwood up close like the Grim Reaper. To Bolton, who runs inside 50, has a bounce, puts the Jets on, and Hook kicks the goal. And the Tigers sprint clear, biggest margin of the game. Danaher from 50 metres out, leaps into it and never looked like missing. He comes in. The crowd comes in. Torres onto it. He kicks for Eugle Hagen. Couldn't take the mark. They swoop. The dogs are winning. Oh, don't tell me. Caleb Sarong on the siren. He turns. He steps. He goes. Hawkins has kicked five. Wheels out to the right. Max gives it the lots. Oh, it's raucous at the G now. Demons fans out of there. Seeks to salute the skipper. Welcome to AFL Nation. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the MCGs. This exhilarating final series continues in under two hours' time. It will be the second of the semifinals. Even though it's the first semi-final between Collingwood and Fremantle, it's sudden death for here on in as Melbourne fans came to terms. Well, trying to still trying to come to terms with after the events of last night, an incredible upset come from behind win by the Brisbane Lions. Can that inspire Fremantle to do the same to the Pies, who were so brilliant and so gallant, yet ultimately lost last week seven days ago here against the Cats? Good afternoon and welcome on AFL Nation. It is our pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles. Don't forget there's $25,000 worth of advertising to give away. Simply go to iCanWin.com.au. Brenton Sanderson, Dermot Bruton uh, sitting alongside me as our experts uh, for the first part at least of uh, today's pre-game. But... Uh, does that mean we become less as the day goes on? Well, yes, I think it does. Oh, well, your contribution will determine that, won't it? That's Andrew Mars. <laughs> Leveled at you <laughs> many a time, Andrew. <laughs> whose voice you may be familiar with. Hello, it's everyone. played by the word. Welcome to you, Murray. Nice to be here. We strap ourselves in, don't we? Oh, here we oh. go again. Sando, welcome to you. Yeah, thanks, Hutto. Awesome to be here again at the MCG. We've been spoiled, though, haven't we, this, the first week of the finals. And then last night, could anyone believe the way that game unfolded? I mean, there was... So many stories. And listen, Melbourne, Melbourne had them where they wanted them early. They just couldn't, oh, yeah. couldn't put them away. It had 72 points plus written all over it at quarter time. Yeah. And you just felt like this should be a six-goal margin right now if Melbourne just finished two or three of their opportunities. Yeah. It, it, it was, the reversal of fortunes after halftime was extraordinary. That goal just before halftime was so important. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, in some ways, it was a bit similar last week. Collingwood could have kicked a couple more in that first quarter against mm. Geelong. I mean, you would have thought Geelong might have been able to still come back. But Melbourne, if they'd kicked a couple more of those, I- I'm with you. I think it would have been really hard for Brisbane. You knew the Cats would come again at some stage last week. You weren't so sure that Brisbane, no. playing so many finals, you find that if it's a knockout final and you feel the opposition are a class above you, and let's be honest, at quarter time, Brisbane would have come in and thought they're a class above us. Somehow we're still in it. Uh, there is a give-up factor in finals footy when it's a knockout game, when you feel you can't win 
and the opposition are a class above you. It only takes three or four of the blokes in your team to feel that way, and you're dead. You're gone. And I thought, it won't be long until the give-up factor yep. kicks yep. in. And they were extraordinary. Whoever, well, we know who it is, Fags, but whoever motivated them at half-time, take a bow. Yeah. Look, there's a lot to talk about from last night, which we'll do. The most significant news, though, has just come through. And Murray might be getting the details up now, but Jared Berry has been offered a week by the MRO. So they've deemed it intentional conduct. I haven't got the exact details in front of me yet, but, but we were just talking about it before we came on air. And um, if it was deemed careless, it had to be low impact and it had to be high contact. The conduct was, the, was going to be the key element of it all. And they've clearly, I'm assuming, deemed it intentional, which gets so it to the I one, don't one think this week. is that surprising. Look, it could have gone either way. I don't think it's that surprising that that's how they've deemed it, but it's far from over. You were- the split here, for, as you call it, on the parameters we're given the, the board, to, to, to let the people know, so you go through, first of all, is it intentional or careless? They've ranked it intentional. Yep. As you said, the next parameter is the, the impact. It was low. The next one, is it to the body or is it high? Yep. If it's only to the body, it's just a fine. Yep. So that's the split there of where it ended up as well. So, so I reckon go they've got a good case to argue that it was not intentional. Yeah, so I guess it comes down to your definition of intentional, doesn't it? And they'll be able to argue around that. And they're so reluctant often to deem anything intentional. Yep. They, they tend, they, as best as they possibly can. Yeah, it's, it's really complicated, isn't it? That, don't they? It's yeah. really complicated when you look at it. Because every... Every event is somehow different. Every event is somehow unique. So that's sort of almost that law of precedence you can't use. It's, um, yeah. What did you think when you saw it? I, I, quite, I thought he was in trouble. I thought because yeah. he, he, he had two kind of goes, Barry. And it was the situation it was on. he was in, isn't it? Yeah. Is he's out, isn't it? That's right, yeah. But, but I thought when, one of them, his eyes were nowhere near. If you assume that... It doesn't that have to be the eyes, Clayton, Yeah, be, well, I'm... That he was not looking at if if it's Clayton Oliver's eyes are the target to claw at. I don't think Barry was looking at him anywhere near that at one stage. His eyes were averted, so it was a flay. The other one where he he almost keeps the hand there for a microsecond. Uh, that's probably what they've acted on. But then you've got to once again you've got a fourteen stone man pressing down the point of his elbow through your neck. Yeah and you're flailing around underneath, you're probably going to grab at anything to get him off you and, and, and that, that pinpoint elbow out of your throat. There's actually no defence on this because I'm, I'm looking at Dermy too, who's also a ripping bloke, but it's no defence. But Jared Berry is one of the greatest kids in AFL footy. It's not in his personality. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that's no defence because every action has a... Has a consequence. Um, Very kind, calling me a good bloke. Uh, you're a great bloke, Dern, but um, you got reported a lot. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, a great young kid who played one of the great games last Jeez, night too. And you think half. back to week one and Lockie Neal, how good he was. And Jared Berry changed that game almost single-handedly he did, didn't he? last night. And now he's got to sit and watch next week. And, you know, against the Cats, he probably goes to Dangerfield mm, straight away yeah. or potentially Selwood or someone in that midfield. But, yeah, that's a, that's a big loss for the, for the Lions. So, let's fractionally move on from this and and my mates who know me and I, we talk about footy all the time I've been screaming for Jared Berry to play on the inside I'm of the square for totally. so long yeah. he is 6 foot 3 191 192 centimeters tall he's mid 90 kilos runs the lines and likes physical activity 
why wouldn't you just give him 80 games in a row in the middle of and the they ground? Need, they need yeah. support for Lucky Neal. So I'd love to hear Fagues' reason for it, really. Well, Hugh McCluggage knows him well. They, yep. they played all their junior footy. Barry was McCluggage's junior yep. captain. Yep. And after the game, when roaming, when Brian was doing his roaming, he caught up with McCluggage. And McCluggage said exactly what you said, Santa. He's a fantastic kid. Yep. He wouldn't have meant to do that. And he said, and he's been desperate to get in off the wing for a long time. And he How good showed did what he, he look do. at it, though? Yeah. He mixed it with Oliver and on occasions put Oliver to ground. Yeah. No one does that. Well, to, no to, one's done it in the last two years. To the extent that if you, well, if you, particularly if you just watched that second half of footy, but even now with knowing everything, it actually changes the way you think about Brisbane. If, yeah. if, if that's what he, even if he's not quite it's at true. that manic level, you go, well, they've got Neil and, and they've got Barry as well and they've got McCluggies either in or out and, and they've probably got enough in there with all else they have. Well, the difference that what Barry can offer is he shut down Oliver but also accumulated mm. possessions and had an influence on the game as well. 24 which, himself in the second half. Which is exactly what mm. Callum Mills does for Sydney Swans. He'll, he'll become that cooler. He'll, he'll go the opposition's best mid shut them down, but also influence the game offensively as well. And that's what Barry did. Whereas traditional taggers, yeah. they just they just put a big blanket over you and you nil can't all. get the footy. And it's nil all. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So you put a D grader on an A grader. Yeah. But we saw last night that Barry can go there and actually impact the game as well. It was fantastic. So the large, well, part of the large conversation will be around Melbourne, but we, we'll, we'll get to that. What about Brisbane then and their chances from here? And uh, first of all, how significant is Barry being in or out for that game against Geelong? Can they beat the Cats? Well, I'd say no. I, I, I thought last night would be a blowout as well. And I, I think most of us thought that Melbourne would do that, would, would take care of Brisbane quite comfortably. Um, but they've been a great side up, but I mean, both of them have been great sides up until about round 10. I, I, I had those two teams last night as my grand finalists halfway through the year. And for whatever reason, both of them struggled in the second half. But um, gee, the sky's the limit now. If they, they will have nothing to lose against the Cats uh, next week. Barry was so good. Yeah, he, he's really he's vital for them next week. I, I personally think, and I know I muck around, and yeah, I'll get everyone off a charge and whatever, but I think he'll get off this. I think if they challenge it for intentional, I think he'll go okay. Um, somebody at halftime, as I said, we know, told those boys and got them to believe in themselves. And now that they've knocked over last year's premiers, who came out and were so good in the first quarter, just didn't put it on the board properly, they now believe. They truly believe now. Geelong are a different kettle of fish. They are at the top of their game getting better each week we see them. But Brisbane at least believe right now that they can match it with them. They're going to have an interesting week at selection, aren't they? Because Darcy Ford, I thought, was really serviceable last night. And Joe Danaher, presumably, is going to be right to play. So... Well, Fullerton will go out for Danaher, won't he? So that's probably yeah, easy. Yeah, enough. probably. Um, and I suspect you pick go your best. Forward. You pick your best, and you say, and, and you have that. You look him in the eye, and you say, Darcy, you were wonderful, you were fantastic, and you're stiff. But we just have a six foot ten monster coming back, and you know why. How highly did you rate Hipwood's performance last night? It was fantastic. Uh, he, he got out bodied early in the first mm-hmm. quarter. They he actually took into places May did not really want to go. And he sort of dropped off him a bit and then couldn't pick him up on the way through again. And he was prepared to rush forward to the short dropping kick, which is the way they should, you should always play Stephen May. So, yeah, he, he wasn't a beast or anything like that, Hipwood. We know what he is. He's long-reaching, doesn't take so many skyscraping marks, but he's agile. And kick. 
Oh, you kick beautifully. Because yeah. he's not always a good kick. No, he's, that's, he's, yeah. he's sort of tidied that part mm. of his game. He's super reliable. Now. He hits it pure. Like, yeah. He's a straight, pure kick now. He's a confidence kick. He's always been a bit of a confidence kick. Though. Yeah. I know they all are. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Because he's a beautiful long kick. He's yeah. always had that capability. But, yeah, to, uh, they look so much better with a smaller forward line, though, don't they? I mean, and people have been crying out for it. I know they had the tall structure in, but they managed the minutes off the bench last night. So mm. just that accident that happened last week mm. actually helped them significantly yep. find mm. a much better looking team. Yeah. That's interesting now. But, like, damn, you're right. The belief now, that's their first win at the MCG mm. since round 21, 2014. Yeah. And that's in a final. And some of those young boys step up when they could have gone the other way. September at the MCG, there's heroes and there's villains. And we saw some heroes last night for Brisbane. So well, the sky's the limit. Yeah, McCluggage and Neil, Neil's numbers, but still clearance was off the charts. And he had some crucial wins. I mean, the one down here where he got it, just hit it hard and was falling over and hit the handle. Rolling handle. I had to slow that down, like, frame by frame, just to see him, his hands hit the ball. McCluggage's two finals have been top shit. What about that goal in the third quarter, yeah, that running just goal. running through the 50 and just drained it? And you just uh, – for me, that's when I thought Brisbane was still oh, a chance. Yeah. I thought that gave them a little bit of belief. Yeah. He actually surveyed and measured the ground perfectly. He knew he couldn't release the ball from 51 or 2. Yeah. Yep. Because it drops short, it might roll end over end, but May's a chance to get to it. He had to risk being run down from behind to get within a range, which was going to see the ball clear the line. And, and I was watching it unfold and thought, please carry, 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 carry. Good lad. Kick straight. Bang. Were well, you was... surprised Salem didn't get to him? No. Okay. No, he rarely chases anyone down, Christian okay. Salem. Right. Christian Salem is a wonderful technical user of the footy out of the back line. He ain't a defender, mate. Well, yeah, he's like the it. one they allow the 6'4 yeah, to run yeah, up and yeah. he plays behind the footy and I they think... want him kicking it. But if you turn him around, the size and shape of player that he plays on, if you turn him around and turn it into a sprint, he's not going to catch you. He's a tremendous player. Mm. Everybody's got strengths and weaknesses. He's not a great defender. He's a good backman and ball user. Hasn't quite been the same since he came back, no, has he? I agree with that. Demons are another discussion. I've just well, listen to Jared Berry as we head towards the break, speaking with you last night, Derm. But just the other element of last night was the crowd and the Fitzroy, the old Roy oh, boys yeah, that yeah. were here. It was fantastic, magnificent, it really was. So that was that was great to be part of, and the atmosphere in the finals here at the G has been quite incredible. Just to hear the words of Jared Berry, uh, he was interviewed by Michael Parkinson last night on Fox Footy. Oh, it's nothing purposeful, you know, like it's just a little scuffle in the centre of the MCD, so you know how it is. Um, it's just part of the contest and part of the mental mental battle. What did what did you get what did you get out of your interview with him, Dern? He he was never gonna say anything. No, I know. <laughs> well, but you're obligated to ask the question. In the back of your mind, you're not wanting to draw any more to it, but you know the world's gonna be talking about it, so you have to ask him. So you put it in the politest terms. Made it look like your hands went high. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Short break. We're back uh, with more here at the MCG. Off and running. It's our pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. $25,000 advertising giveaway. Icanwin.com.au. Next, we'll talk more about last night from a, a D's point of view, the news of the week, and, of course, get the first thoughts from our experts on Collingwood versus Fremantle. You're listening to the 2020 Store Now. 
Blue skies at the MCG, but it's a very cool afternoon heading into evening. The lights starting to take effect as we lead you into Collingwood versus Fremantle. The first semi-final is uh, an hour and a half or so away. It's our pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles. $25,000 advertising giveaway. Iconwin.com.au is where you head. Repeating, Jared Berry has been offered one match. That still has a fair bit to play out. We might return to that a little later. We're going to head into the Collingwood camp with Brendan Bolton shortly to give you the absolute uh, inside word on uh, their lead-up to tonight's big game. But we've talked about Brisbane. What about from a Melbourne angle and from where they were at the midpoint of the season? And it looked like there was quite a genuine discussion about whether they'd lose a game or not. And they ended yeah. up winning, what was it, six of the last 14. And yeah. uh, and out in straight sets, what what do we... I mean, it's always multiple reasons. But if you had to identify a couple and feel free to jump in, what would you say the reason it's ended like it has? Well, I think the biggest issue for me, for Melbourne, was since round 10 or since that, that loss they had in round 11 was their inability to be effective with that last kick inside forward 50. They just couldn't quite get their their forward scheme or their system right with those inside 50 entries. And they didn't have any continuity with with people in there, whether it was a little bit of Wiedemann, a little bit of Brown. He was out injured, of course, at times, Brown. But it felt like we, we found the template to beat Melbourne, which was to get your numbers back, saturate that high half forward line, almost sort of 30 metres from goal to about 70 from goal. Just fill that area with as many players as you can force them to go in longer and higher than what they would want to, um, or force them wide. Um, but I, I think simply, uh, this year, 2022, they weren't as fit as what they were in 2021. Agreed. They were running sides off their feet. They were second halves of games last year, Derm, they were absolutely creaming sides with their ability to be able to um, hit the scoreboard and run and obviously defend really well. The but teams are coming off distraught. Yeah, that's right. They, they really embarrassed sides in the second halves last year. Now, they lost their fitness coach. Darren Burgess yeah, goes so to the close. Can it be that simple, or is it more complex than that? Well, there's probably an uh, accumulation weeks. of fatigue, whatever, yeah. whatever the proper phrase is. But when you go all the way and you, and you win a premiership in a, in, a, in a COVID year when there's a lot, of, a lot of travel and there's a lot of being in this bubble-type situation and, you, and you're up for a long time, and then you win the first 10 this year. Yeah. So you're on this great streak, but it just felt like we found a way to beat Melbourne and they couldn't find a way to, to counter that. So that, that counter... Did they um, try enough things? Does it feel like they weren't very brave with what they did? Well, I still feel like they had so many games that they should have ran away with or they should have won. Even last night, they had the first 10 scoring shots last night and they can't find a way to win. And it just, for whatever reason, it felt like they lost that little bit of belief. But for me, the number one thing was their inability to get the ball effectively inside forward 50. There's a few issues. So if you're doing your mini review, we, we hear this terminology, the review, every club reviews yeah. in their own way, shape and form. If you're putting up on the whiteboard inside the football department, their review of what's happening out on the field, you'd say, and the way you said they go straight lines, they actually succumb to that themselves by design. By playing Jackson in the ruck and Max Gorn at full forward. Yep. Didn't lead once. They start him down there and he just floats to a flank ahead of the footy or the pocket, puts a hand up in the air and says, kick it to me, mm. put it on the head. And the opposition know it's going there. They're still dangerous. They're Melbourne. They're a really good team. The way they were incapable of putting teams away. Now, hear me through on this. Their most productive forward. Their best performed forward, Bailey Fritch. Yep. Listen to what I'm saying. By design 
and the way you want to set up a forward line, Bailey Fritch is your third string yes. forward. Yet he was the most productive forward for Melbourne, which says that your number one key forward who draws the footy was not playing well enough. The number two forward who you say is an aerial marking exponent and a worker in the mould of a... Um, uh, oh, gee. Uh, gee. Who's playing out here? Uh, Brody Meyercheck. Yep. That's your number two. Your first one's got to be talented. Your hybrid occasional mark, occasional kick it off the ground, occasional outbody, occasional run him around in a circle is your baby Fritz style. Mm-hmm. So you're wanting to win a premiership where your best forward is your number three. That's not a great place to be. Yeah. And yet they won the... We, we'll take a short break. Yeah. We'll get back to... They, uh, they did win the flag last year. Yeah, absolutely. They, they were... With Sando, they just made teams distraught. All right, short break. We're back here and uh, join more of our stations around the country on AFL Nation, our pre-game show. It is the first semi-final. It is Collingwood and Fremantle. To the 2022 Premiership season on listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles hybrid flooring in store now. Welcome to the MCG. There's an hour and 25 minutes to the opening bounce of this semi-final between Collingwood and Fremantle. It's our pre-game show for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call, Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. And, of course, Beaumont Tiles, $25,000 advertising giveaway, iconwin.com.au. Collingwood is out doing uh, their early warm-ups for Ream. Ask your plumber to install a Ream steady, hot and strong. Brenton Sanderson, Dermot Brown, Andy Maher and Anthony Hudson with you as we lead into tonight's game. And uh, we'll get the boys' thoughts on tonight's game shortly, but we can go straight uh, into the uh, Collingwood camp. Brendan Bolton, uh, one of the, the, the key assistants, of course, to Craig McRae, uh, doing such a great job. But let's get it down to Coxie first up. Coxie, welcome to you as uh, we chat with Brendan Bolton. Thank you, Hutto. Perfect night down here on the MCG. Although a little chilly, isn't it, Brendan? Welcome to you. Been a, an interesting week on the track after the intense match last weekend. Yeah, we had a pretty light uh, start to the week, but finished off, off with a really strong session. So the boys are primed. Um, they've been doing this week in, week out. They don't need to change too much. Brendan, how I know we, we saw straight after the game last week the comments from uh, from Craig McRae about being winners and, and all that you've done, and he's obviously explained that, and, and the boys have as well. So how quick, how do you think they did? The players did actually respond and get themselves up after the disappointment, the natural disappointment of going down, despite the fact that they played so well. No, I think they moved on pretty well, Hutto. Like the, uh, after the game, uh, it was addressed really quickly that, um, you know, it was a really strong effort, although we didn't get the chocolates. Um, you know, the bounce of the ball here or there might have gone our way against a real quality opposition. So the players are really aware that their effort was fantastic and just a little bit of execution centre forward may have um, helped for us in that game, uh, particularly late. So they moved on really, really quickly. And um, I think... It wasn't probably something I didn't think Fly would say after the game. He he tries to reset the mind pretty quickly, and I think it was smart from him actually making those comments after the game. Well, so I thought last week Collingwood actually enhanced their reputation despite mm. the loss. I thought 
probably from everybody from the outside thought Geelong might win that game, but I mean Collingwood was just so unlucky in in the end. It must still give you great belief though of what's capable this year. Yeah, thanks, Sando. I thought the effort um, you would have saw eighty odd tackles. Um, you know, perhaps we could have been rewarded a little bit better for a few of those, but. If we can maintain that sort of pressure, that's been a real hallmark of our game. I think uh, we can challenge anyone. And if you looked at all the statistics, clearly Geelong have been um, the yardstick of the competition. So to take it to the line, I think, was a real pleasing effort. And tonight, obviously, you come up against a really good defence. We know that this is a top three defence in the competition, uh, along with Melbourne and Geelong. Fremantle have, have been really consistent with their defensive approach. Do you feel like you need to take more risks tonight in offence? Is that... Is that something you have to do or you just play your game? No, I think we'll play our game in offence. We, we're quite uh, risky in many many of the plays we take. Um, you know, we're aggressive through the corridor, but, um, you know, we, we need to defend really well as as well because, um, you know, they've got some really quick forwards in Walters and Co that can turn you around. Uh, Shields take you up the ground and rip you back towards goal. So our defence holding some really strong stability behind the ball I think is really important and... In midfield too, although young, gee, they work hard contest to contest. Brayshaw and Brody this year, um, Sarong. Um, our mids are going to have to really run contest to contest hard against this group. Yeah, Sean Darcy too. I mean, that's obviously a, a, a massive challenge for Cameron and Cox tonight, isn't it? To try and go up against someone who just dominated last week against the Bulldogs. Yeah, he's, uh, gee, he's a big brick. Uh, hard to move. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he's one of those old school ruckmen. But, um, you know, if he does win the hitouts at... Uh, we've got to look at that stat to just make sure they're not turning into yep. clearance dominance. Yep. Um, we're okay with a balanced clearance game, but we don't want that to blow out and have to defend everything in the back half. So we'll see how we go in that space. Hey, Bolts Dermot here. I, I, I tend to agree with you, and probably not too much of a comment on it. You've said a little bit, but it seems funny how tackling is such an art in our game, and we lay 150 a game and we award four of them. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree, Dermot. It's something in the, in the game just, you know, probably talking more from a personal point of view than directly just as a Collingwood uh, staff member, but I think we should reward effort and physicality in our game. It's something, obviously, you you played near where it was at its peak, but um, strong tackling, effort, body on the line, I think we should reward those who do it well. Um, we also want to be able to protect the head, so I understand that as well. Yep. Speaking of strong, uh, fellas, a strong player, strong mind. Has Taylor Adams been around the group this week? Yeah, he has. He's a, he's a big out, though. Um, yeah. Derm, he's, uh, he's a. Well, he just... wins inside inside footy. I think he might have lost me there. You got right. a second. Got yep. you back. Yeah, he, he wins inside footy and wins our a lot of our contested uh, measures. So he's going to be a big loss. So we we'll have to rotate through there a little bit more. But he's a really strong character. He's helped out a lot um, with uh, meetings with Scott Selwood and I this week. So he's kept himself engaged and connected. You wouldn't think anything less from him. Yeah. So it, it is quite inspirational, isn't it? A boy who knows his future is sealed in terms of that he cannot actively participate out on the ground, but what he gives you emotionally at the club can be quite selfless and it can be quite motivating. It can, and, you know, some aren't strong enough to do that, and he is. Um, I'm sure he's had a day or two early in the week where, you know, it's hit him straight in the face that he can't be part of this game, but uh, he's certainly in all our meetings and conversations with some of the younger players, he's been there, so it shows how strong a character is. Is he going to be in the box tonight? I'm not sure if that's confirmed yet. Sometimes we put our players in that um, where the stats uh, and analytics guys are next to us and um, they analyse a part of the game for us. So if Taylor's up for it, um, certainly in and around stoppages and uh, some of the midfield patterns, he can help out. Tell us, when are the... Oh, well, I agree with him, but when are the players allowed to lie down? 
<laughs> I think after a grand final, um, they can all lay down. I think really, though, without overplaying this, it's just about straightening the mindset, and that's the art of coaching. Something I think Fly's done incredibly well in his first year. He's just been able to keep the players believing, and where he thinks there needs to be a straightening of the mind and move on and not dwell on a game, I think he used that really really intelligently last week. I'm really interested in, in what you've learnt from him. I mean, you've been a senior coach yourself, Brendan, and everyone does it differently, and it, it feels like along the way he's let us in uh, on little bits and pieces of what he's obviously shared with the players and it, it feels like he's doing it accidentally I'm sure he's not but it, that's sort of part of the skill of it I suppose so how, how have you seen particularly that the public side of, of Craig McRae? Now I've really enjoyed um, his authenticity like he he'll have a joke and a laugh with um, staff and also players and um, he lives in a growth mindset I just think that he's just been genuinely himself. He hasn't tried to be anyone else. Um, he's learnt lessons over a good solid 15 years as an assistant and development coach. Um, but more importantly, I think he's rewarded behaviour. Um, I know we had a bad loss uh, early in the year um, against the Bulldogs. And, you know, we, we could have come in and challenged quite heavily. Um, and he, he strongly considered it. But because he's such an optimist, he said, well, let's look at what we were doing in the pre-season. Let's look at some of the games where we've played at our best instead of just dissecting all that didn't work. And I think he's he's done that really well um, over the course of the year. He's really managed the minds of staff and players well. So, yeah, big tick to a first-year coach. But let's let's be clear, he's, he's done a strong apprenticeship. Bolts, I know you, you, you stay in contact with him, but one from left field. Has Alistair sounded you out about your future? <laughs> no, he knows I'm a professional. Once I sign a contract, I'll see that through. But he's a, he's a good mate. I chat regularly and... I think North will have, uh, as you know, Derm, someone that's absolutely dogged and determined. He, once he sets his mind to something, he's not going to stop until he, uh, he gets it to where he wants to. So, um, Would he have got a feeling of how you feel about the future without actually asking you the question? He's pretty perceptive. <laughs> uh, I chat regularly, Derm, so he, he would always feel the vibe. That, um, like when I supported him, I, I stick fat and uh, do the same with fight. Hey, Brendan, Andy, good luck tonight. We yeah. wish you and the team well. Can, can I just ask you one about the game? They set so much up from the back, and between Ryan Cox and Young last week, they nearly had 100, and, and they get so balanced. And um, it start, Will you get up into them? Will you, will you take the time and space away from those guys when they are looking to, to set up from deep in defence? Yeah, I think, Andy, it's a, it's a really important phase of the game that you've identified. If we... We played them over there in the wet and we got some really good front half pressure and um, turned the ball over centre forward. So we've got to close space in our front half really quickly because if you don't, they sort of slice their way through. You're not always quickly, but um, intelligently. So we've got to close the space, pressure, get them to hack the ball out of there if we can. But it's easy to say that and that's a plan. You've got to go out and execute it. Well, appreciate your time. Good luck tonight. Thanks, gents. Appreciate the chat. Good luck, mate. Brandon Bolton, the uh, Pies Director of Coaching. It's oh, It's been talked about a lot, but it's just... What they put together shows how is a great example for what North and, and particularly Essendon at the moment can do mm. if you if you get it right. It's not always the obvious, you know. It's in the club. Hopefully, there's some people inside the footy club who are going to be key to making the decision at Essendon. They clearly were at Collingwood, uh, who are perceptive enough to know what group you've got, mm. where you are in your history, what you need to bring the best out of that. It's amazing, Mari, isn't it, that often, really often, a team which exceeds 
our expectations have a new coach, well, a newish coaching group, which you'd say, gee, that's just about the best coaching group in the comp. Oh, it's. Too, I mean, Sandra, you know, you've been you've been in that footy club recently, and um, this is a. I mean, Justin Lepich is a strong, powerful alpha male. Yeah, that, yeah. That's who he is. But Brendan Bolton isn't one of those. Craig McRae isn't one of those. There's a. This is a different. I can only imagine it's a really different sort of personality-wise yeah. coaching team that they've assembled this year than the one that, that you were part of for a while. Yeah, definitely. And I, I was just thinking then, I was just doing the math in my head. I started at Collingwood in 2016, had yeah. five seasons there. I actually don't think, I was just thinking, on staff term, I don't think there is anybody there that was there in 2016. Like three final series. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like it was an unsuccessful period. That includes footy, GM, that yeah. includes yep. the, um, obviously the board's all different, uh, the CEO. I think um, the grand, uh, Derek, the grand Derek Hine would be the only probably staff member who's the um, head of recruiting. Yeah. He's probably the only player. So that probably shows now the template is you do have to turn over not just your list, you've got to turn over mm. staff as well. And whether that is the right answer, I'm not sure. I mean, there's, there's been clubs that have had great success with having, having um, staff there for a long time. You know, you think of Chris Scott's been coaching at Geelong now for 11 years. Nigel Lappin's been there for that time. There's... There's, I'm sure, a lot of examples where you've got successful clubs that have had stability, but it probably feels like every five or six years you do need that mm. regeneration of, of a voice and strategy and different people coming in and having an impact. And it happens with players too. Every, every AFL club makes between about eight and 11 changes to their list as well each year. So that's almost, you know, um, a quarter of your, of your playing list gets turned over each year as well. I loved your observation about oh, it almost comes out of him. It, it feels like it's an accident sometimes. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I've said it now. I'll explain a bit more about it. He does that every week. Yeah. He, he's, and it's kind of lovely. Like, I love Lo- Lovely's a good word for it, isn't it? I, Which I is do. Not what I you normally think about it. AFA. Oh, he's lovely. Yes. <laughs> coaching, coaching's definitely changing. The, the previous generation, during the, the men that we were coached by, that uh, authoritative... Don't almost tell your dictator. wife you love her. Yep. <laughs> almost like a dictator who just yeah. would yell at you. Like, like yell with all, and all their spit and saliva will be all over your face as they're yelling at you. You can't, you can't coach young men like that in, in, the, in the modern game. They'll walk out. They, yeah, that's, that's not the way we coach She'll young men. She'll have a baby, mate, whether you're there or not. You're playing in the final. I actually went and performed in. Against Sando, I played against you round two, I think it was 95. My daughter was due that day. I went and played for Collingwood. Yep. <laughs> it was round two. <laughs> Coach says, Lee says, no, nah, you won't pick you. I say, all right, I'll, I'll play. Yep. Good. Uh, it's different, isn't it? Like, yeah, but really I, think, I think now it's more of a, the senior coach is more of a manager. Is and then you have your, like, full, your... Is it partly because it's full time, though, that you can't do that anymore? Like, even if, the, even if the, we were the same generation, could you have been like they were if everyone was there all day, every day? Yeah, it's a good point. Probably not. Probably not. It's good. It's a really good point, Hato. But I think we're following other sports now, where you have your your head coach, your senior coach, who is that manager with mm. your strategy people. You know, your assistant coaches, your 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 offense coordinator, if you want to use an American term, or you know, I know I know European soccer has the manager, and yeah. then he has his coaches underneath. But but if you then go to, and I understand that, and I hear we see it in NFL, all the the footballers and their coaches that look after. He's the director of coaching of lace tying up you know <laughs> they've got a director of coaching for everything but the head coach executive director vice president correct yeah they do. the head coach yeah. bill belichick yeah. is a father figure 
so many of those head coaches are father figures, which are almost a throwback to, to yours yeah. and my coaches. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Really and then point. everyone under them, uh, under them micromanages their own little area and, and, and does nothing else. But the head coach is like, oh, don't, don't make dad upset. He'll strap you. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's that head coach. It's, it's like a weird full circle. But, yeah, it, who knows what the right one is. Short break. Uh, both teams uh, well, just about completed their pre-game warm-up for Ream. Arshaw Plummer to install a Ream steady, hot and strong. Our pre-game show continues for Thirsty Camel. We're an hour and ten minutes away from the opening bounce. Answer the Camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops and Beaumont Tiles. $25,000 advertising giveaway. I can win. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now. A pre-game show for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call, Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. At Beaumont Tiles, $25,000 advertising giveaway, ICanWin.com.au. For barbecues delore shortly, we'll talk about who's been on fire during finals so far. We've touched on Jared Berry. He certainly was last night and who could be on fire tonight. We'll talk about that shortly to Josh Jenkins. While we wait for JJ, that little uh, update from around the grounds, AFLW Brisbane smashing the Gold Coast, 12-8-80-139. And the storm of the radar. So, yes. Radars. Radars. Uh, <laughs> Canberra Raiders. Raiders, ra- Raiders radar. Thank you. Uh, eight all. Yeah, oh, good no, game. they're not. Good go now. Conversion. just converted, so they'll go yeah. a couple clear. But no, good start to this one. Yeah. 10-8 there across the road. Uh, just to finish off Melbourne before we start to drill down with an hour to go on tonight's game, a lot to talk about, about the Dockers' journey so far uh, and so forth. feel like Melbourne were a bit banged up as well with a few players carrying injuries. Almost Simon Goodwin went out of his way to say, say nah, nah, nah. But you always hear about these things after, later. Not just the one. I don't think just the ones that were from last week either. But so how do we, what do we think of them? And is Grundy, the, if they lose Jackson, which could happen within the next, depending on what happens tonight, it could happen within the next few days, mm. uh, announcement of his intention. Do they, do they get Grundy, just get fresh and reset and just go again and expect to be right up to the top? There'll be a balance here as to how much Collingwood cough to, to let him walk out the door. If you're going to, if they're going to cough for a hundred thousand of a million dollar wage per year, I can't see Melbourne really coughing up nine hundred for a player. It won't be that though, will it? It'll be Collingwood's no. going to carry more than that. Uh, put yeah. yourself in Collingwood's shoes. Mm. If if somebody emotionally ties themselves to Brody Grundy, they're going to go for as little as they can to walk him out. Yeah. It just still doesn't feel right. I mean, we all play amateur list manager. It, Gorn Grundy does not feel right to me. Like, Gorn is not a he does, he's not good enough to be playing forward often enough to give Grundy the on-ball time that Grundy's going to demand and probably deserve and warrant. Oh, yeah, I, but I can know. I just say one thing to you? Generally. What respite does the opposition <laughs> Ruckman get playing Melbourne if they have to combat Gorn and Grundy? Not much. Bugger all. Yeah, no, no, that's right. But they're playing against the two best ruckmen of the last decade. I agree with that, but but isn't Max a 80, 85% yeah. on the ball? Drop so behind? is Grundy. That's why it doesn't that's make right. sense. It yeah. doesn't make any sense yeah, to Because they're both, um, and you know, Max Gorn is a good forward, and Brody Grundy is an okay forward, but they're both excellent ruckmen. So yeah. it doesn't really make sense. What if the fifth person on the interchange no longer yeah. is a sub? 
Well, it changes the dynamic a bit. Yeah, it does. Time to check in with the third best ruckman of the decade. Let's get an odds <laughs> update from Sportsbet. <laughs> it's time for an odds update. Thanks to Sportsbet. Sportsbet's bet with mates. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. How are you, JJ? I, I wasn't the 333rd best ruckman of the last year, let alone <laughs> decades, but I appreciate the support. Were you in the same room uh, as the boys this afternoon, JJ? You sounded like you were eight feet off mic. Uh, oh, we get a bit loose uh, on Saturday afternoon, Sturm, so um, <laughs> I apologise for that. I'll take that on board. Uh, but let's but, lock in on tonight's game because yes. it is a big one. At Collingwood, a dollar forty-nine. Fremantle, two fifty-seven. Now the market was even uh, more separated last night, but we know what happened there. The line uh, for this one is eleven and a half. So about a two-goal head start for Fremantle. I reckon that's. I reckon this game could be very, very close, boys. Uh, are you agreeing with that? The total game points over under one hundred and fifty. Point five. Uh, is it going to be slippery? Are we expecting any weather issues tonight? Because it's a low total. Yeah, they'll both defend pretty well. Uh, you'd think, think it'd be under 150. I don't yeah. think there's going to be any weather. It looks no. like it's going to be yeah. all right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. Now, I've got a couple of plays for you tonight, a couple of ways for you to get involved. Michael Walters' finals form has been uh, impeccable. We know what he was able to do last week. He's kicked three goals in each of Frio's last finals. So we know he's at the twilight of his career, but he kicks goals in finals. So Michael Wilders to kick three or more goals is six bucks. That's a pretty good price. And just quickly, a same game multi, boys, because everyone loves that. Sportsbet SGM. Collingwood to win. I think they'll get the job done, but are we close? The Dacos boys, they'll both get 20 plus. They do that for fun. And Darcy Cameron, he's a ruckman who, who just finds a way to get involved around the ground. Uh, Darcy Cameron to get 15 or more. That's what adds the value put those together and get $3.40. That's the way I'd be playing tonight's game of footy, boys. Beautiful. Enjoy the night, Josh. Josh Jenkins joining us. All with thanks to Sportsbet. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Make sure if you're going to have a bet, do so within your means. All right, before we head to a break. So what about Jackson himself? You've got to be quick on the answer. Is he an $800,000 player? Is he not going to a, another club where there's a number one ruckman who's better than him? Anyway, I don't understand all the money, Hutton, in, in in the modern game. But um, the quick answer is no. He's not worth that much. Could it? Could he be? Yes, he could be. He could be an absolute match winner, and and potentially what exactly what Fremantle need. What about you're so old, saying, "Oh, I don't understand the money in this." <laughs> you're not that old. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll continue our pre-match after this. Under an hour to go until the bounce of the ball at the MCG. It's Collingwood versus Fremantle. It's our pre-game show for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops and Beaumont Tiles. $25,000 advertising giveaway. Just go to iCanWin.com.au. And, of course, our travel partner is Melbourne Airport Parking. We'll be heading to the SCG next Saturday for the preliminary final between Sydney and who? Will it be or whom? Will it be is that who or whom? I'll go with who. Yeah. Whom for, just sounds a bit sort of pretentious. <laughs> to whom it may concern. Yes, for, for Collingwood or Fremantle, nothing beats $12 a day parking at Melbourne Airport. And the subs tonight were going to be interesting, given that Ollie Henry kicked, what was it, mm. four, four as he came last on time as the sub yep. last mm. time. But he has been overlooked for Josh Carmichael. 
and Bailey Banfield, who is a professional sub for Fremantle, will have the job um, for the Dockers again. What do you have Alliance. to do to be a professional sub? Are they? What's that, sorry? What do you have to do? What qualifies you as a well, professional sub? Come on and sub? make an impact, mm. I suppose, Doom. Well, you'll be hopeful. Well, well, if you, you can come on and make an impact, why aren't you starting? Good question. There might be 22 in front of you. Yeah. You might be the next one up. So you're not a professional. <laughs> we could also be versatile. You could play a variety of roles as yes. you come on. Good point. Yeah. You've got a coaching future. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's Thanks, already Sandra. in Geelong's crosshairs, isn't he? Oh, that's the next one. Absolutely. Now they've missed out on Hopper. They're talking about Bruin and Bruin. Henry heading down the highway. Bruin, Both Bruin is it, what's your thoughts on Bruin? I like him. I like yeah, him a lot. I do Balanced. Too, yeah. I reckon he's got huge upside. I, I like him too, but he just hasn't actually done anything not yet but it's, I, I know he's only young you've got a few in front of him still up there yeah. I mean that, that's oh, a yeah. tough midfield yeah. to crack into and I mean you were talking about Tom Green on the show on Thursday and how highly regarded mm. he's he, then you've got to, then you've got to get through so the two that are going then Green then Cornelio then Kelly then I mean they, they did a, play him this year they and, did. and give him some chances but that, some but looks, I like him too so I, just I, need, I think he's I don't think he's worth much but he should go down to July. Right, okay. <laughs> but it's one of those ones because you haven't seen a lot of him because he's not the build of a a, a player who can take punishment in the middle he's probably in in reality a midfielder but you've got to play him as a flanker. Yeah. You have to play him as a half-forward flanker because there's that many ahead of him yeah, so right. you don't see him in his real purpose. Spot on. And how many players who get to AFL level having been frontline midfielders for their whole life in that part of the ground, they get in onto an AFL list. They're good enough to be in the 22, but there's four or five in front of them in there. So they never get to play that role. So we Don't never get, get me to... started. The league will say the pathway is very good. It's dramatically flawed. Because of that? That's one of the, the yeah. issues. And they, they by their own decision-making, they've admitted that it's... The, the old TAC Cup competition hasn't been tinkered with for a quarter of a century. And by their own admission, by allowing mid-year drafts and the amount of players we're getting out of mid-year drafts that are now becoming senior footballers, originally those boys were turned passed over mm. in draft time coming out of TAC Cup. So it's not the perfect breeding ground. It needs tinkering. It needs a refresh. But imagine saying to... Marcus Bontempelli, who who wasn't, who didn't play a lot of inside mid, in, an, in when he was playing in the Vic, the Vic yeah. Under 18 team, he was playing a halfback flank and a wing, and, mm. and had a terrible carnival, terrible carnival. Imagine saying to Bontempelli, "We're going to, you're going to be drafted as a half forward flanker, so we're going to, you're going to play all your junior footy as half forward." He's watching players who he thinks he's better than at under 18 level, racking up 30, 35 a week, mm. while he's getting 14, 15 stuck out an half forward flank, and perhaps getting overlooked because the numbers aren't as impressive. as Now, I don't know whether that's going to what you're talking about, but I wonder how much of that... That's, that's in, the, in the eye of the recruiter yeah, to yeah, see it. Yeah. To, to me, the first thing you've got to do is we're recruiting these boys and some of them are ready, walk-up start-ups to play league footy. And you can't deny them that opportunity at 18 years of age. But by and large, the Tanner Bruins of this world who are talented are not ready for league football when we draft them because they've got talent. In a perfect world, well, we, allow to, we allow teams to have overage players in that TAC Cup. Hey, keep the draft age the same, but let's make it an under-19 competition mm. so that if you do play well in the competition, you're closer to being ready mm. for league football. It gives you a closer 
competition to what you're jumping to rather than, well, there's 17-year-old kids turning 18 some stage in the, in, in the year and we want them to play against Patrick Cripps next year. We want them to front up against Stephen May next year. They're not ready. Just do something with that competition. But at the moment, that, that mid-year draft is showing us that the, the TAC Cup competition, if it's still called that, sorry. NAB, NAB League. NAB League now is, sorry, NAB, uh, needs some new scheming to it. It needs a, a tinker. The Lions have already said, according to John Ralph, that they will challenge the one-week suspension, that w which can be accepted, but clearly not. Uh, by uh, by their prime midfielder from uh, last night, who um, had to happen, didn't it? Had to happen. Yep. Turn off at a week at, ahead yep. of the preliminary final, Jared Berry, from go. last no. night. It wouldn't be a final series without no, something it like this, would it? All well, the final series had just about every every other element already, and who knows what tonight is going to deliver? What it needs, though, what Justin Longmuir needs tonight, under the extraordinary circumstances, is to draw on a bit of an old-fashioned inspirational <laughs> speech. And I think we can cross live to the Fremantle rooms. And I believe, I can't confirm to it, that this is live. Justin Longmuir delivering the pre-match speech to the Fremantle Dockers. I hear the voices singing. Speed your journey, boys, boys, bah. One nation singing with one voice. A song of hope, a song of courage, a victory song that floats through the valleys like a red mist rolls over the mountaintops like crimson thunder. A red storm is coming to the gates of Qatar. It crackles with the spirit of 58 and Jimmy Murphy's boys. It turns the pages of the history books and finds Rob's page waiting still to be written. What would you write in there, boys? Dare you write your names on that page? We haven't waited 64 years and come halfway around the world to be troubled by a neighbour from back home. When the English come knocking on our door, let's give them some sugar, boys! Let's give them some Welsh sugar! They've always said we're too small, we're too slow, we're too weak, too full of fear. But Amarohid, you sons of speed, as they fall around us, we are still here! Yes! Oh, it's just a long year at his best. <laughs> Heavily disguised as Michael Sheen delivering a, a great... As part of a some sort of quiz show, yeah. a league of their own, something yeah, like that's that. That's it. Magnificent. Thank He's you. actually done a voiceover. I got it sent to me today. He's done a voiceover of Welsh history. And their fight against the oppression of the British, which we don't have to go into right now. But probably the wrong a, weekend it, to do that. A, for <laughs> it's about a fifteen-minute plug sent it to me today. It is he's such a proud Welshman. It's such a magnificent speech. The one that's doing the rounds on Twitter at the moment. It's yeah. he's not Welsh, is he Welsh? He's Welsh. Oh my word, he is. Gee, oh, yeah. I couldn't yeah. work out the accent yeah. there. That's why it's yeah, Welsh. No, stirring stuff, isn't Although it? Although it's a really poor impersonation of a Scotsman. How much room is there still in in our caper? For, for that, the and great oratory. When, when, yeah, when it, do you deliver? Well, you can't you can't go to it too often because mm. um, you need to save it for the right opportunities, and you probably don't need it to be honest in September either because players are so wound up. If anything, you need to show an element of calm and and pull players down from that emotional um, 
high that, I mean, I can remember myself doing walking out on the MCG in September and being completely overawed by the whole place, mm. you know, because this is a magical venue. Yeah, and you yeah. think of everything that's happened here, Olympic Games and Test Match Cricket and obviously some incredible grand finals. And to think you get the opportunity to, to, to actually do that, I, I don't think the rah, rah, rah before a game for a coach actually helps that. If anything, it can spill over and yeah, be a yeah, negative. Yeah. So, you know, maybe around seven or eight in certain times or at training sessions, but I don't think you need to call upon those mm. those inspirational yeah. speeches too often. You don't think of it when you're out there, but you, you, you hit on something there. You, you play out there and the position played, you, you lead up to the wing and, and just occasionally in a not dull moment, but in a spare moment, you'd think, this is where Dennis Lilly ran in from. <laughs> you never thought about that. This, no, but I mean, in later times, yeah, you yeah. think about it, and you, and you know you run through the centre, and you think, Don Bradman batted out here. Exactly right, Dan. Yeah. And you think, they ran the Olympic Games around Betty here. Betty Cuthbert won a gold medal yes. right around this boundary line where you would have played Mari. <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> as close to the outside fence as I can get to. But you just, you're right, that's just a glorious place, just the history of this place. It's, it's, it's extreme in that area. Well, it, it, does, it, it does give you chills every time you walk mm. in here, but even more so this time of year. Yeah. It's magical this time of year. And yeah. we've missed it, and we knew we missed it, yeah. but this year it's had a, a stronger feel. It's been built up over a couple of years. Jared made the point, 2019, we hadn't, when we walked out after that, mm. Shamozzle of a grand final that we wouldn't be back here until now to watch yeah. finals footy. So out on that ground, and it, you can come to the MCG and do tours, and you get to walk down on the boundary and the likes, but a lot of our listeners wouldn't get the chance, even now, finish playing, if for some reason, some lucky reason, I find myself out in the centre circle, and you stand there on a day that has no sport being played. Yeah. And you look at the stands from the centre circle, it's awe-inspiring. It yeah. is just, it's, it's, I've played 100 games out there and I still get chills when I'm standing out there in the centre circle. I it's reckon when it's awesome. completely empty or full is when it's at its Fickle. best. Yeah. When it's sort of half in half, it's sort of not quite the yeah, same. Fickle. When it's, you're here yeah. at midweek and it's empty, it's, it has that aura. And then when it's like it's going to be... When Bob Murphy has things uh, oh. under his control for oh. Fremantle Speaking of tonight. great orators, the men who can yeah. stir the blood inside a young man. Getting all your, getting all your co-hosts on or something, are we, tonight, uh, Mari? <laughs> Let's head back down to Matty Cox. Uh, Coxie, who you got with you? Yeah, I do have uh, Bob Murphy with a nice cheeky little grin to his old sparring partner. Bob, welcome back to the MCG semi-final night. How have you prepared for this week after what was a brilliant performance last week? What's the preparation been like leading into this encounter when you're going to have about 90,000 Collingwood fans screaming at the Dockers? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the preparation, and, and good evening to you, Matthew, and, and the gentleman upstairs, it's nice to be with you. Uh, the, look, the preparation has been consistent with how we've been all year, and we've, we've been a side that's travelled you know, and played away from home incredibly well. It is quite a, quite a contrast... Last week, you know, playing in front of 60,000 um, purple maniacs. And uh, we saw a quite a bit of purple on the bus on the way to the MCG and thought, oh, this is looking promising and realised that the, the storm were playing down the road and <laughs> we've arrived and it's, uh, there's some sporadic purple, but it's, uh, yeah, largely uh, black and white and they'll be, um, they'll be passionate, as we know. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. It's an absolute privilege to just be involved. And I was just, I've literally just walked out of the team meeting and, 
and Justin Longmuir started the meeting with a big smile on his face but, and acknowledged Michael Walters' smile on his face and he said, boys, this, this, is, this is why we play footy and this is why we're involved in footy and you know, I, I can't put it any more succinctly than that. Bob, uh, a lot of people have referenced the 2017 preliminary final when uh, the GWS, just such a one-sided crowd and Richmond were just too good for them in the end. But I also remember a couple of years later when Collingwood played the Giants here and it was, there was no expectations of the Giants at all and they stayed in the game, they stayed in the game and suddenly in the end it turned and they went on to win. Yeah, it's, atmosphere is, is one of those things in sport and you know, in football that we all accept as as reality but it is it is almost in the ether and look we lived through it last week as a footy club at Fremantle halfway through the second quarter that the signs had a had a pretty intense pressure going against us our own supporters weren't too impressed by how it was looking so tonight will be loud it'll be one-sided but if we can if we can keep them quiet if we can stay in the contest and and, and get you know a bit of scoreboard pressure on well maybe maybe a bit of pressure goes on to Collingwood but I expect it to be pretty close, and, and as we know, Collingwood are pretty handy in tight games. Bob, come on, just talk to me about the lifestyle over there. How does the boy from Brunswick Street, the grunge king, how has he settled into the South Terrace cappuccino strip? <laughs> well, Dermot, you'll be pleased to know, before, before I left um, the, the safety blanket of, of you know, Northcote, a couple of friends said, look, they just took one look at me and said, you guys are South Fremantle, and we've... Uh, we've, we've 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 live in North uh, sorry we live in South Fremantle and um, I've become you know what could only be described as a South Fremantle cliche and, and has, hasn't hasn't been a cultural shock at all barefoot yoga uh, you'd be, oh, have you got no. dreads I can't see not you. not yet not yet give it time give it time hey, Bob, just just for our listeners Fremantle have been excellent on the road this year you've you've won seven games on the road you've had one draw and even in Melbourne you've you've won five and only lost one what makes you so good away from WA this year uh, if I um if I knew the answer to that Sando um I would be uh, I'd be on a much uh, on a much bigger salary but I... <laughs> you got me yep there we got me um I mean all, all coaches and all clubs will, will talk about you know that they're you know a process um orientated team um but but Justin you know he He's standing next to me, and uh, he's unflappable. He's he's a he's a human submarine. He is an ability just to keep a level head and, and calm, and and he's he's built this team over the last three years, and I think with injury trouble in the first two years, we haven't pro- probably didn't get to see the best of of his teams, and and this year we've we've been really healthy, and and I think it's just been the culmination of those things that Justin's plan has has come to to bear fruit. Further to that. Um, we, we hear of groups that, you know, are, you know, a quiet group. They, they, you know, they're not outspoken. We hear of groups that are flamboyant. We, we hear of all these titles on groups. Help us to understand these Fremantle boys that you're working with. Yeah. What is this group like? Are they, are they rowdy enough? Are they quiet enough? Are they thinking enough? Are they aggressive enough? What is this group? It's it, like any footy club, Derm, there's a, it's a whole mix of characters. And it, it did take me, you know, quite a few months because, you know, you come into a new club and I'd been at one football club for 18 years and then at SEN for, for a few years where that was a few colourful characters in, in that little industry. But the, the, Dockers, the, the Dockers have a, a, a wide range of characters, but I, but I think at the core of it, and I think of, you know, my time in footy that, there's a there's a sort of cultural centre of it, and, and I would think that that 
at the at the Dockers is Michael Walters and Luke Ryan and Brennan Cox and these guys that that are larrikins, but they also train they train hard. It's a it's a fashionable thing at, at, at the Dockers to train hard, but they they're lads as well and, and you'll see from from um, from the games this year in Durham this will this will warm the cockles of your heart. My, my life as head of operations is usually very busy on a Monday because there's a lot of melee fines, there's a lot of wrestling fines. I think Luke Ryan's wrecked about 12 jumpers in the league this year and he's had about a dozen of his own sort of ripped apart. So for all the professionalism of the Andy Brayshaws, there's, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a whole range of contrast and, and they complement each other well. They play for each other. They really are passionate about, you know, playing their role is one of those great cliches, but they, these guys are fanatical about it and, and that's why we're in the position we're in, but we've still got a few struggles ahead of us. You make a good point there. Someone like Ben McAvoy, if they ever build a statue of him, he'll have a headband on, you know, stitched up. Luke Ryan, he'll have his jumper shredded. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the picture of him that we see. Hey, I know that, you know, Pierce, he might have CAPT next to his name at this stage, but off field, and, and when a group travels, and you guys are over here for the long journey, hopefully the long journey, who's captain of the men? Captain. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, Lee Matthews was Hawthorne's captain, but... Gee, we had some blokes who were leader of the group, you know, other than that. You know, oh. Michael Tuck was captain, but we had people who were leader of... Gary Ayres was, you know, leader of the men, captain of the I, men. You I, know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I think the Dockers is slightly different, and, and I'm probably the wrong person to, to answer the question, having only been here for 12 months. But it's it's got a few shades to it, Doom. I, I wouldn't say it's one. I, I, Alex Pierce has a sort of... You know, without overreaching, he's got a sort of a, a football spirituality element to him. Luke Ryan is the he's the he's got the mongrel. He's a he's head of the he's head of the rat bags, and David Mundy is kind of a sort of a revered sort of symbolic figure that just he, he moves and speaks quietly, but with a, with an enormous amount of gravitas. It's lovely to hear your voice, Robert. Uh, good luck tonight, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I don't know. It's Andy here, by the way. I don't. I don't know whether you. Oh, so, I don't think so. It was gazing. No, sorry. Did you not hear you, you would hear him in your sleep still, <laughs> wouldn't you, Bob? I do. I, every every morning, I, every afternoon, I get everyone. It's Andy. Mate. Should, it's great to be with I you. I hope the sun is shining on your face. I shouldn't have assumed that you knew it. What have you? I, I don't know how much time you've had to observe the other mob that you're running into tonight. Mm. You're a man of mysticism, and you have a great sense for all that stuff. It's been a remarkable story. What have you made of their of their season from your vantage point? Oh, for, as a as a neutral and a and a just football lover, just watching their season has been one of the stories of the year, if not if not the story of the year. They they play an exhilarating brand of footy, and they've played in one of the most dramatic seasons we've ever seen. So, uh, I, I I knew you would ask me a question a bit like this. I thought it would be a bit more long-winded than what it was. <laughs> I, I compliment you on your brevity, but I, I was looking at the, the magnet board and, and, and thinking about, you know, who, you know what, what are the keys and, and, and where will this game be won and lost, but it's, it's, it's an unusual encounter tonight, and who knows what will happen. I, I, I have a hard time with people being certain of anything in sport or, or football, but the small forwards could be the match winners tonight up yeah. up either end and we've, we've seen we've seen that all year and, and Collingwood have proven themselves 
mean, they play on a big stage every week and they've, and they've been big in the big, big moments. Uh, we're still aside discovering exactly who we are and what we're capable of. Um, but we're so excited to be here and, and can't wait to get stuck in. And if you do win tonight and you're all staying here, uh, are you in charge then of uh, being the host in, in your old city? Oh, it, it's almost... That was, that, was that just a hint of facetiousness there, <laughs> Anthony? Uh, no, well, I'm, I'm in AFLW as well, so I might be a bit of FIFO, but that all means nothing if you get rolled tonight. So I'm not going to fall for that one, Hello, We need to get the job done tonight against the Pies, who have been mighty. Please tell me the other boy from you, because you're a sale boy, of course, or a Maui lad. I'm, I know you're a boy. Oh, I beg your pardon. That's, Sorry. Oh, wow. Has in this, has in this <laughs> interview gone downhill? Are you, have, you found your, have you found, have you found yourself drawn to that that feisty little midfielder from Warrigal who's uh, become a pretty important player in a short period of time at your footy club? Caleb Sarong is a he's an easy he's an easy young lad to fall in love with. He. We got Andy Brayshaw, who's playing his 100th game tonight, and, and Caleb was the, the one chosen to present his jumper. And he's a young man. He's very mature, um, but he, he fights and scraps. And, I mean, for, for a young player who's only been at the club, I think this is his third year, he, he probably embodies the working class heart of Fremantle in a geographical sense and the footy club. He's probably the great connector, as I see him. Um, he's a hell of a young player and, you know, he loves his club and, and we love him. Bob, just around the ground, Storm have gone in. It's now 14-16. I know you love all sports. Ooh, too. A lot of Purple. tackling in that sport, though. A bit too much tackling. <laughs> you were built for tackling, Bob. <laughs> no, don't tackle, don't get tackled. Great to chat to you and it has been an extraordinary story. And may it continue a little further at least. Uh, good luck tonight. Good on you, boys. Have good a good luck, call. Mate. Don't stuff it up. Bob, <laughs> Bob Murphy, the head of football operations and performance. We're still not quite sure exactly what he does no, for Fremantle. He, but he doesn't know what. It's working. A break and we continue our build-up to this first semi-final between Collingwood and the Dockers here at the MCG. Hybrid flooring in store now. And it's our pregame show for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops at Beaumont Tiles. $25,000 advertising giveaway. Icanwin.com.au. For Chemist Warehouse, Derm around the grounds. Raiders and the Storm. What's yeah, happening? Yeah, well, they're on the fourth tackle. I think they're at the 20-metre line Storm. Oh, sorry, they're on <laughs> Canberra Raiders' 20-metre line. We're... Up to 49 minutes play. The Storm are two points behind. We've got the ball. There's an injury happening at the moment. So we've got a bit of time out. Oh, so the scores. Raiders is it's on all, report. All after was a score. <laughs> and let's go to Andy <laughs> Maher around the grounds for Kevin's 16-14, Raiders lead, 20 minutes to go. <laughs> Sorry about that. No Polly I'm Perkins a bit more invested. Polly Perkins. All right, Polly some, some, some early thoughts before we, we dig down. and We are under half an hour away from the opening bounce, but to mount a case for Fremantle, Durham, how, how would, if you were advising Justin Longmuir, what are the sort of things that you'd be looking at strategically and then any other elements you'd, you'd bring in? So, similar to the way you'd play Melbourne in, in the back half of the ground, you want to deny Jeremy Howe and, and Moore, Darcy Moore, access to the ball in the air. So, play it on your terms when you're going in. Make sure that they can't intercept the mark. Scotty Pendlebury is still, even with the hundreds and hundreds of games under his belt, is still the architect. So... He's going to make time and space, but at least sweat on him and force him backwards. Don't allow him to step through you and get out the front side of the pack. So, yeah, you'd look at it that way. And, gee, 
I think you're probably looking at seizing up Maynard's kicking, force him to go wide, deny him access to kick down the line. They'd like him to release the ball out of the back line. And the one who gets off the chain a fair bit is crisp run and carry yep. out of the back half, breaks lines and puts the ball beyond, uh, I'm looking for another word other than football terminology, the bubble. So you set up 60 to 70 metres from wherever the ball is to defend it. Chris breaks the first 15 metres of, of that stoppage line and he gets it over the back of the bubble. And that's where Collingwood's forward half go helter-skelter and they're able to run onto it and create opportunity. So watch Chris force Pendlebury backwards. He's going to get the ball. He's going to be a great architect. You can't stop that and deny the two boys in the back half the ability to intercept Mark. And Noble, further than that, Noble and Dacos is that, those half-backs, Sando, that can push right up at times, and they can be the architect as well, can't they? Yeah, I would, I would certainly look at tagging Nick Dacos in his first year because he's so influential and he's pivotal to the way that Collingwood moved the ball so quickly from their half-back line. And anything you turn over in your forward 50, Collingwood will move that ball through Nick Dacos and he, he takes them forward and he takes them forward fast. Mm. He's so dangerous and they... Um, you know, we heard before from Brendan Bolton that they're going to take risks tonight as well. This is a really good defence. Fremantle have got a really good defence, top three in the competition. Um, Collingwood do play uh, high-risk offence, so Fremantle are going to have to look for, look for some opportunities to turn the ball over in that front half, and part of that might be putting someone and locking away Nick Dacos in his first year. Have you seen a, a player with his acumen at, at, that, at that age... Term. Yeah, I Judd. know you always reference Chris Judd. Yeah, but Judd was. Yeah. He had that acumen as well as ability. Yeah. yeah. Did he? Did he have that? He oh, sort yeah. of saw the field. Right. Like Judd had an exp- like exploded out of contest, freak, didn't he? Yeah. Like yeah. an absolute freak. But did he? Could he see it the way Dacos? Yeah, sees he just it? wasn't as good a kick as, well, like, as okay, Dacos. Yeah, yeah. And so you're looking at the finished product yeah, of where I the am. ball fin- yeah. finishes up. Mm. Yeah, we we probably. And so we should look at focus on the guy who's there right now. And Nick Dacos is, is extraordinary. I was late to join the party, and I almost was like, oh, come on. So it's Collingwood. They're talking up another one. No, the kid no, no. is seriously yeah. good. But his first half of the seriously year compared to his good. second half, he yeah. has grown another league. Yes, he, he is seriously good. Mm. Living in his first final huddle last week, when that game went up in intensity and pressure again, like finals is different, and Collingwood versus um, Geelong last oh. week, he did some things that I've seen. I haven't seen experience. Like you talked about Pendlebury before. And Pendlebury always has time and space. That pulled kick down this yeah, side. Yeah, of the right in front of us well, here. Wow. Right in front of us here. Because I reckon he had a couple of moments early where, yeah. well, you thought, oh, he yeah, fumbled a little a bit game. early. Yeah. yeah. But then. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it was. And I, I, I looked at you guys and just, we were in shock. Because it, we, it's, it's hard to imagine a first-year player, a 19-year-old, doing things like that in a big game, mm. 90,000 plus in the final. Um, so, yeah, um, back to my original point, Fremantle, don't give him any time and space tonight. If Collingwood got the footy in hand, you don't want anything going through Nick Dacos. And I think they've got the players there to do it, um, Fremantle. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, Justin Longmuir pulls that, pulls that card pretty early. If you had to you know, go, who's the most important player tonight, where does Rory Lobb sit, do you reckon, in terms of whether Frio can, can function or not tonight? Well, he's their leading goal scorer of the year. And what... One thing I do like about Fremantle's forward line is they do spread the load. So Lobs kick 36, and you've got Schultz, Frederick, Walters, Tabernas, Wachowski. Like they've got a really big, broad 
uh, brush of players that go, obviously kick, kick their goals. But, yeah, tonight, Lob, and that's the thing, um, Collingwood have got the right matchups. Darcy Moore, Jeremy Howe, Murphy, those guys operate so well together as a defensive group. So does Moore go to Lob, do you think? I, that's what I would do, yeah. And he was so good last week, wasn't he, against Hawkins. And it was Jeremy Cameron who's the one that popped up and kept the cat the cats in it. So I think that that's the matchup we would expect. And then you leave it to, to guys like Schultz, you know, who's kicked, who's kicked 28 goals. Um, and we heard Bob Murphy mentioned before, maybe it's the smalls tonight from Fremantle who who have to come to the party. Their pace is a worry. Yeah. The likes of Frederick, they are seriously fast. Well, their young midfielder are really dynamic. Mm. Um, so what that's, a moment that was with Frederick last week, that yeah. run-down tackle on Ed Richards. Well, that's the thing too. They haven't played a final Fremantle since 2015, and it showed last week. Um, that was, they were down by 41 points. Yeah. Um, Western Bulldogs had six goals on the scoreboard before Fremantle even you know, hit, hit the scoreboard, and then it just away they went. So that was... That was a good sign. To start so poorly and then just work their way into that contest was excellent. 72 to 25 after quarter time of that game. That yeah. was a, That'll give them great confidence. Oh, absolutely. Well, up the, around the grounds, Clelo. What's the uh, still 16, 14. Storm. Well, it's a fresh set. Storm are hammering the uh, Canberra defences, but they're holding up at the moment, the Raiders. Inside Canberra is 20, and they're only on second tackle with Storm. Have you called ball by ball rugby ball. league before, Dern? <laughs> no, I haven't. Aaron Finch retired today from well, one more one day international for Australia, and that's it for him. Yeah, he'll play the teacher. Look, him the big fella, he's through. Oh, the big nasty. <laughs> he's home. Oh, he is bulldozed. The last thing, I, last time I saw a play like that, William Perry, the fridge oh, yeah. <laughs> for Chicago. Chicago Bears, yeah. Wow. He's 120 kilos of humanity there, just pulverised a couple of Raiders defenders on the line. Have a look at this replay. Storm 18, Raiders 16. Right, thank you, Gary Bryce. We'll take a break <laughs> and we'll count down because the bounce Boom. is not far away. 20 minutes before Fremantle and Collingwood do battle. Thanks to First to Camel Bottle Shops and Beaumont Time. Welcome to AFL Nation. The moment arrives. Elliot kicks the goal. Collingwood are close like the Grim Reaper. To Bolton, who runs inside 50, has a bounce, puts the Jets on, and Hook kicks the goal. And the Tigers sprint clear, biggest margin of the game. Danaher from 50 metres out, leaps into it and never looked like missing. He comes in. The crowd comes in. Torres onto it. He kicks for Eugle Hagen. Couldn't take the mark. They swoop. Boat to pay! The dogs are winning. Oh, don't tell me. Caleb's a run on the siren. He turns. He snaps. He goes. Hawkins has kicked five. Wheels out to the right. Max gives it the lots. Oh, it's raucous at the G now. Demons fans out of there. Seeks to salute the skipper. Welcome to AFL Nation. It's the final series that is not running to accepted scripts. That is unnerving for some and emboldening for others. The MCG is filling this Saturday night. 24 hours after Cena Premier. Dump done ceremoniously. Is this to be the rise from 17th into the final four or is it a return 
for the colour purple to a preliminary final for the since 2015. AFL Nation at the MCG, the first semi-final is Collingwood and Fremantle. It's all for McDonald's. Download the My Maccas app and get in the game today. And tyre power, best on ground for family safety. The Dockers entered the arena to a howling boo as if they were the villains arriving at the old festival hall. And then they ran all the way down to the punt road end where the Magpie fans down there gave them the same greeting all over again. They will know they are deep in enemy territory. Jared Waitley with you. Brenton Sanderson is with me. Hello, Sando. G'day, Jared. Great to be back here. And you're right, there's black and white everywhere here in the crowd. The Collingwood fans have turned up and the fireworks before the game, there's a there's a smoke haze sitting across the ground. It's just absolutely brilliant. And September in Melbourne, and particularly at this venue, this stadium just rocks, doesn't it, at finals time. It's just absolutely brilliant. I know we've seen so much already through five games. I mean, sometimes we, guess. we say what a privilege it is to yeah. be here, but it's just, it's gone beyond that, hasn't it, really? And we, we were feeling early in the game last night, oh, well, this is... We felt the crowd, it was really interesting. I thought yeah. the dynamic in the first quarter last night, because Melbourne were dominating, hadn't put them away. There was just, there, you could sense the expectation that after all the excitement of week one, this was going to be a very predictable final. Even the, I'm sure the Melbourne fans were hoping that it would continue, yeah. but it felt like if you weren't, didn't have skin in the game, you were pretty disappointed because we weren't going to get that sort of competitive game. And then all of a sudden, it just gave us an, an extraordinary turnaround for Brisbane. And well, that third quarter Hutto, night. was just brilliant. I mean, the way that the game just changed. And, and the Fitzroy was, supporters yeah. were, were a real factor last night. Weren't they ever? They made some noise. And it was incredible to be here and see. Like, the game changed as well. And, gee, what an opportunity missed for Melbourne. I felt that the week before as well for Richmond. I thought Richmond opportunity missed up there against the Lions. And then Melbourne with the first 10 scoring shots of the game and just couldn't quite punish them on the, or finish them on the scoreboard and well maybe they should have it was 28 points in yeah. the second quarter and for a for a reigning premier you should never let a side back in like they did and i mentioned to bob before jared people have referenced the 2017 preliminary final but that 2019 preliminary final where the giants everyone thought that uh, they were beaten up and that collingwood yep. would win and and they should have really they should have been beaten by by the pies but they stayed in the game and this, when you have got a full house one-sided and your team, you can, you can sense the nervousness. Yep. Yeah. And we could sense it to a degree last night, the restlessness too. Yes. So the roar can quickly turn to all of ground environment and anxiety yes. if, you're, uh, if you don't manage it in the way that you might. Uh, we are keeping a close eye on the Storm and the Raiders across the road. It is in the 64th minutes, Storm 20, letting the Raiders... 16. Our pregame is for Beaumont Tiles, $25,000 advertising giveaway, ICanWin.com. I presume you're a Tyler Hutto, given the renovations that you do. Beaumont Tiles have what you need this September. I'm actually very good at removing them, Jared. I would never let me go near putting them down. Though. You know Beaumonts are here to help you with huge savings, and they've helped Shane Thompson, who shops at Beaumont Tiles in Mount Barker, to keep his business going, and they can help you too. If you're looking for huge savings on tiles, hybrid flooring, taps, vanities, even the loo, look no further than Beaumont. With so much on sale, you'll have a fortune. You'll save a fortune on tiles, hybrid floor, and bathroom wear. Value, quality, and style. With so much on sale, 
you'll be happy you chose Beaumonts. The warm-ups are happening below us for Ream, more than 80 years manufacturing in Australia. Give us a, a snapshot of your thoughts, Sando, and we'll, we'll dig a little deeper over the next five or six minutes before the formalities are observed. Well, snapshot, I think when you look at Fremantle, first of all, and we saw them play their first final last week since 2015, it took them a long time to settle into their groove, but... Gee, after they gave away a six-goal head start to the Bulldogs, they really settled into their groove nicely. And it's really encouraging from that young group to, to come back the way they did and show a lot of resolve and win that final at home. Uh, this is a really good defence they've got too. They're top three when you look at uh, the way that they defensively set up. Scoring is their issue. And that's, I think, probably tonight, Jared Hutto. They probably need to score at least 12 goals, I think, to win this game, which might be a challenge against... Collingwood and I must admit Collingwood despite the loss last week to the Cats I, if anything my reputation of them was enhanced I thought they were fantastic and they can still win the premiership they've got to get past Fremantle tonight and then get up to Sydney next week and win a prelim final up there but this is a really talented young group and they have enormous self-belief and despite the loss I think they're going to be really hard to beat tonight clearances is not their strength but Everything else is. They are a really good offensive side. Defensively, they're great. They've got a lot of match winners in their team. And I'm hoping we're going to get a really good game. I think we will. But I'm just edging towards Collingwood at this, at this stage. Our clips are up from last night from inside the broadcast booth. We're all resplendent in our Ringers Western gear. Ringers Western clothing looks great in the city and toughs it out on the land. No shorts. rug up a little bit tonight. No short sleeve shirt tonight <laughs> no, from Ringers no, Western. The long slightly stuff. warmer gear tonight. And uh, we'll been taking your calls across the weekend it's for star 21 telstra enterprise partner of the year the winner goes on to face the swans in sydney an scg preliminary final next saturday in the twilight we'll all be packing our luggage for samsonite unpack the world with samsonite visit samsonite.com.au got a new wheel on bag a carry-on bag for that trip to sydney oh the raiders have just scored that's uh, unfortunate it's 20 each with a kick to come Got a match-up or two for us, Sando, that you think will occupy your mind? Yeah, I have. Darcy Moore v. Lobb. And that's, that's the obvious one. And I know Lobb is probably where all their offence is going to go through in their forward line. He just needs to bring the ball to ground and get those forwards into it, get those, those dynamic young forwards for Fremantle. have been excellent this year. Guys like O'Driscoll and Schultz and Frederick. But they'll have their hands full as well with Noble and Maynard. Quain has been really good, of course. But, oh... Probably the ruck, Jared. I think that's probably the one area. You know, Sean Darcy was exceptional last week in the ruck against Tim English, against the, against, um, the Bulldogs. And tonight he's going to have Mason Cox and Darcy Cameron. So that's probably the matchup I'll be watching the most. Can Sean Darcy give those young midfielders for Fremantle first look around stoppage and clearance? Because I think that's the chance. That's the opportunity that Fremantle will be looking for is can they get their ruckman getting that ball down to that, that, that young midfield. That's probably where I think the game can be won. It's fascinating, the backdrop that's all that's going on for the future, isn't it, around yep. the big guys. Rory Lobb's played the season of his life. He's leaving. Yep. Brody Grundy's out injured. He's probably going to Melbourne, the team, last night. Yeah. And Jackson, of course, who's had a pretty ordinary back half of the season, he's get, going to the big bucks to Frio, who have had to shed about two or three players to yeah, fit him right. in. That's right. It's been... A really even performance this year from Fremantle, and I think that's a strength of theirs. Is they've all got their roles, they all they all execute really well. But Hutto's right. Like if you're going to bring in a you know a big marquee player, that some of these young men are not going to be rewarded with with what they deserve in contracts. So we might see a few of these young Fremantle players 
on the move. You mentioned Lobb, and there might be another one or two that find themselves uh, looking for other clubs. Um, obviously, you've got to try and fit in the salary cap. So, but that's that's next year. Tonight's you know the, the big occasion. The MCG is absolutely packed again, which is which is which is awesome. Um, and we'll see a young Fremantle side with nothing to lose. Um, a little bit like last night. No one, no one picked uh, the Brisbane Lions, and we saw how that game finished up. Incredible. The Raiders make the conversion. So 22-20, they lead the Storm 67th minutes of an elimination final around the grounds for Kangan Institute. Our heroes are made at Kangan Institute. Kangan.edu at .au. RTO 3077. Plenty of these fans will head to Sydney if this pans out for them tonight. They'll be using Melbourne Airport parking next Saturday. Nothing beats $12 a day parking at Melbourne Airport. Players are coming over to the members' wing. Brenton Sanderson's in place for us tonight. Our expert here for Buy My Stock got excess stock. Visit buymystock.com.au. It's got a bit to live up to tonight after what we saw from Delta oh. Goodrum. Um, actually, the grand final performance of the national anthem's got a bit to live up to. It's a high bar to set in semi-final weekend. What transpired out in the middle last night. To Nat Edwards. I welcome you to the first semi-final between Collingwood and Fremantle. The AFL acknowledges the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional owners of the land we gather on today and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge we play our great game on this land and respect the cultures of all First Peoples, their contribution to our nation and contribution to the game of Australian rules football. We will now have the welcome to country, followed by a minute's silence for Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. To conduct an official welcome to country, please welcome Wurundjeri Elder Uncle Colin Hunter Jr. I'd like to start off by acknowledging that this evening we are meeting on the lands of my ancestors, the Wurundjeri people, and I'd like to take this opportunity to pay my respects to my elders, both past, present and emerging, elders from all nations, but I particularly want to pay my respects to Evan Gavin this evening. Woman Jekka, welcome. Wurundjeri Balik, Yimid Kondi Bik. The Wurundjeri people welcome everyone to land today. Wurundjeri, no, 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 Budumbur War, Kondi Nengnak, Dubudum Bik, Bulukpur, Tilikan. The Wurundjeri people want to look after and protect the land as they long before. Wurundjeri country extends from the inner city of Melbourne. It goes across the mountains of the Great Dividing Range, west to the Werribee River, south to the Mordialic Creek and east to Mount Borbore. And the Wurundjeri people are part of the Kulin Nation and of the Wurundjeri language group. And while you're on Wurundjeri country, you're most welcome to the traditional lands and the waterways of the Wurundjeri people. So woman Jack are welcome. Enjoy the game. Thank you, Uncle Colin. We now invite you, if able, to be upstanding and join the players, coaches and umpires in a minute of silence to remember Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. May she rest in peace.
please remain standing, if you can, for the Australian National Anthem, performed tonight by the delightful Taylor Henderson. Australians all, let us rejoice, for we are one and free. We've golden soil and wealth of toil, our home is good by sea. Our land abounds in nature's gifts, of beauty rich and rare, in history's page let it Restage and let Australia fair in joyful straits and let us sing and Australia. MCG is decked in black and white as the Magpie Army is fit. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.